Blog Talk Radio. Over 120 years ago, freedmen became lawmen. Independent communities were built. Businesses, schools, people were thriving. Until organized destruction ensued. Fire, murder, violence, poverty, disease, all seemed lost. A community of people barely alive. Fast forward the year 2012. We can rebuild. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first conglomerate of organized, united communities. The black community will be that force. Better than before. Better, stronger, united. Black Reconstruction. With your co-hosts, Sister LaShawn Allen Muhammad and Brother Malik Green. Good evening. Welcome. Black Reconstruction on the Keyed 107. Malik, are you on the line? Malik is on the line. How are you doing, Sister LaShawn? I'm good. How are you doing, my brother? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. And I like the topic we have today. We always have interesting topics, usually. People get fired don't up we? about them. <laughs> but, uh, don't we yeah, no, nah, yes. this is, you know, being that we don't really, as um, I, me and you, we both make this clear, we're not trying to look at this as a celebration of any Valentine's Day because we don't, we, don't, we don't recognize that. But what we are recognizing is the power of relationships between black women and black men, and that is what we're going to be discussing today. And um, hopefully we have some wonderful guests on that can help uh, enlighten us further. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, you know, and, and not only, uh, and actually first and foremost, you know, uh, self-love, you know, which is love of mm, God, mm, mm, recognize mm, God and, and what the Creator does and how the Creator works and, you know, with the, the whole um, process of creation. You know, right. to love yourself is to love God. So, you know, to focus on that first and then, you know, uh, love of uh, men and women. And also, too, I wanted to... Um, just also, just because we we also talked a little bit about this the other day, how we need to refocus our love of the black woman, you yes. know, and how it yes. used up a really interesting um, discussion the other day, you know, regarding the uh, our ancient civilization and how you know women were regarded, and yes. uh, you know, so I want you to touch on that too because that was very very powerful, um, and you know, the, and I was I also found uh, one of the quotes that uh, Minister Farrakhan likes to. Uh, that you often hear him say, you know, and, and, and as well as other people around uh, the nation, but it's actually, uh, you know, a nation can rise no higher than this woman. You know? Yes, yes, And that comes, yes. you know, off of, I, I believe, um, an African proverb, you know, if you educate a man, you educate an individual, but if you educate a woman, you educate a nation. Exactly. You know? So, and the reason for that is because our children are being nurtured by the mother at the early stages of their birth from until around maybe 7, 8 to 10 years old, somewhere within that range. And that is very important that the woman is well-educated and well-versed in a lot of areas because the child is under her bosom as much, much more than the man. He will start transferring as a male child over to males after, but he needs that nurturing love of that mother, and that mother needs to be a wise woman and not just 
you know, uneducated woman, but it's important that the woman is educated just as well as the man is. Just as, just as well as a man is educated, a woman must be as educated as well. And that's yes. how the family became strong as opposed to, you know, having a weak woman and a strong man or vice versa. Right, exactly. And, you know, and so in, you know, um, uh, in regard to all of that you just said and how it relates to black reconstruction, you know, it's not just about the physical reconstruction of our communities. We also need to reconstruct ourselves, our, you know, um, our, our beings, our relationships. You know, that starts, it starts with us first. Yes, and then once we're whole, then we can begin to rebuild, you know, so this is all relative. And we have a wonderful guest um, coming on this evening, uh, Ms. Paula Williamson out of Maryland. Uh, she's actually, um, she also hosts a radio show um, in Maryland, and she um, is an author. Uh, she wrote a book called The Petals in My Life, and it's a book of poems. And, you know, it's it's a book of powerful poems, and, and it, it, she touches on a lot of topics, but a lot of it has to do with love and, and expressions of love. And, um, you know, so we invited her uh, to come on tonight, and she's going to actually open the show officially with two of her poems. So the, um, beautiful, beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. And so she, um, well, I'm just going to read an excerpt from the book, um, The Petals in My Life. Uh, she gained, uh, it's gained from wisdom and knowledge and discerning when to yield to the spirit versus the flesh. Yet each day I still speak God's grace, the thorns and petals of life and mercy. When God looks out from the balcony of heaven, I want him to say, I see my child and you can shine your light. So that's an excerpt from the book. So do we have uh, Paula? She's actually the, one of the, the poems that she's going to recite tonight is I See My Child. And the other is the inner me. So, uh, sister, uh, I'm sorry, Brother James, do we have Miss um, Williamson on the line? Is Brother James there? Uh, I'm not sure if we, okay. So, um, Maybe he's trying to. Yeah, try let to get me on let me tap right it. Yeah, so hopefully he's going to bring on. He hears us. You know, we're waiting for her. But I just wanted okay. to tap on something, um, some some kind of statements that were kind of like uh, attributed to who we were as a people prior to us coming into America. Basically, we all know, and this is some of the things that they're saying. Um, no, this is this is facts was written throughout Greek history. But this is validating that as they visit Egypt, which we know Egypt's real name is Kem, and it was the Ethiopian Empire, and why it looks the way it does today, that's a time for another story. But mm -hmm. Egypt is one of the places where blacks left a strong legacy of their civilization. And some of the things, one of the things that they said about that civilization was that no society, past or present, did or does value their women like the ancient Egyptians did. Whenever a society values women so highly, equality between men and women is a natural outcome. This is the stuff we need to start recognizing in our day here. You know, Western society teaches man being some dominant factor in the home, and, and he's, you know, the king of the castle and all of that, and that's totally contrary to our actual heritage. It's actually the woman was the lady of that house, and that was her house, and the man basically was the fence. He protected mm. the house. But this mm -hmm. was her house, and she that was her domain where she ruled. And so that kind of concept of putting such high esteem and value on women is something we as a people in America have lost, really. We really have lost that. We don't cherish our women the way we should. You hear it in rap songs. You hear it. You see it on TV. You see different things. You very seldom see pure 
black love of a black man loving his black woman and his children and being a strong provider. You don't see that kind of image as much, and they don't like to show it, but that's what we do need to get back to as a people. And that's how we'll grow and come out of this malaise that we're in as far as within America that we've been in over the last 200 years, not really reaching our full potential as a people. And family is the first where you start, right there in that family, the mother, the father, and the child. That is where that first growth of that pureness of a family starts, and that reaches out to the community and then to the world. Well, you know, it's interesting, though, you know, um, uh to, uh, just to revisit what you just said about the images that we see, um, and you're right. For the most part, that's not we, we don't see it. But the most the, the recent uh, Quentin Tarantino movie, uh, Django, definitely showed how the black man loved his black woman and what he yes. risked to go and save his woman and what he did to save his woman. So you know that um, you know again is far and few in between, but it's something very recent. So you know we definitely have that image. Uh, <laughs> Oh, definitely, and and that's beautiful that you brought that up because really, actually, right, over maybe the last four or five decades have we been starting to see that decline in Mm -hmm. us as the way we treat our women, and that's really, you know, due to whatever factors we need to, you know, get into analyze that. But, yeah, you're right, definitely. That's why we talk about black reconstruction in the Mm -hmm. black reconstruction period. Blacks were united. Families were very tight. Men loved it, their women, and they took care of their children and educated their children. So these are things where that family structure was very tight, that bond was like, solid and why how how and why did we lose that so much where men don't seem to have that deep love for their child you cannot birth a child into this world and then leave it to flounder you know with a woman without any support to her you just run off and leave her with the child i mean this is where these destructive things begin in our community so what we're talking about today we need to try to help our brothers and sisters learn to appreciate the love of a black woman and black women need to learn to hold themselves to the high standard that they know that they really are and this way they'll keep the men in check as well, as well as men keeping women in check. It's a two-way street for both of us to get this thing right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and that goes back to self-love. But I think uh, yes. we have Ms. Williamson on the on the line. Uh, just heard Beautiful. the chime. Yes. Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you so much, LaShawn and your guests. It is a pleasure uh, that you asked me to be on the show, and I'm so um, grateful. And um the title of my book, Without Wasting Time, is The Thorns and Petals of Life. The subtitle is From My Soap Opera Drama to Seeking Salvation from God the Father. Now, I was able to listen in to the topic here, and I want to just extend Happy Valentine's Day uh, to everyone out there. Love is so vital in our society today. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yes. So thank you so much again, LaShawn. It is a well, pleasure. Thank you. To be thank with you for you being here. Thank you for being here. Yes. Yes. Now this particular poem that I'm gonna share with your radio audience is called The Inner Me. Now I was inspired to write this poem some time ago when I was going through a period in my marriage where I just felt like I needed uh, to consult someone because, because quite oftentimes when we are going through things in relationships, we tend to um, to seek the, the advice of our friends who would sometimes not give us the right uh, advice that we need. So I sought counseling through this pastor. And in, in that time, uh, we, we don't have um, perfect marriages. I can attest to that. <laughs> yes, yes right. but I've been married for 22 years, 
And, uh, you know, being from Trinidad and Tobago, my husband is from West Virginia, so you can't imagine what type of mixture this is. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but we love each other, we respect each other, and, you know, we try to find the boundaries that will make each other grow. Uh, So anyhow, when speaking with this pastor, he said to me uh, a phrase that I held on to until after I left that meeting. And he said to me, Sister Paula, be careful who you attract and who is attracted to you because there's that inner me. And so I went ahead on when I got home and I said, you know what, I have to write something about that. And because it it kind of empowered me uh, to first look at myself because quite often we, we're always anxious to point the fingers. And until we can correct the things in self, uh, then we can address what's being done to us because it's that inner me uh, that attracts whatever it is that can be going on, you know, amongst us. Yes. So the inner me, I have it uh, in an acronym form. So T, time. Time has revealed to me that based on my choices in life, I could be my own enemy. H, healing starts with the process of admitting to myself that I am powerless and need my creator undoubtedly at all times. E, entangled in the web of worldly pleasures, I was vulnerable to attract and be attracted to unforeseeable and unfavorable lifelong familial attachments. I, internal scars, of some of my personal shortcomings and heartaches have remained unresolved or treated superficially. And negative attitude generates an atmosphere of altered behavior which can attract intimidation, failure, and defeat. And nakedness, when I exposed myself to variety and selectivity, I invited potential ancestral familial activities through relationships. E, emptiness, invited short-term relationships to fill the void which resulted in pseudo-love. R, resisting the responsibility to trust in God wholeheartedly at a tender age should not be postponed until I am approaching life's feeble stage. M, mismanagement of one of my most valuable assets, my time, has now heightened my sensitivity to make hay while the sun shines. E, finally, empowered by the authority that I possess in Jesus Christ, I cast out the enemy in me and usher in a whole wealth of wisdom in my choices that flow from the enemy. Now, again, I wrote this poem, you know, uh, because I needed (laughs) to get a hold of myself and redirect my energy to a source and my creator who has uh, just stabilized me in times when I could have used my fingers to do non-constructive things. Mm -hmm. 
So it, it, it has been a blessing that I have been orchestrated by God to use my fingers to to do creative things by be becoming um, an author, a poet, and a radio host. And I've been in the medical field for 32 years. How it combines, I don't know, but <laughs> it complements each other, uh, you know, in the long run. But I, again, I am appreciative of this moment to share on this platform, you know, some of the things that we all encounter in relationships. And on this day of um, Valentine's Day, I thought it would be a great thing, as you agreed, to do the enemy. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so uh, before I, we could have a show about the enemy. My goodness, I mean, it's enemy, the inner me, but how the enemy uses, you know, these things and, and our vulnerabilities yes. to attack, you know, and we, and we really have to be cognizant for the self-love is so, 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 so important. But yeah. um, before we go um on to another topic or delve further into it are you um are you prepared to do um I see my child or you want to just maybe take some q and a from the uh, the listening audience in case someone has a question for you yes, I can do some q and a not a problem okay yeah okay so for those uh I don't even know if we even said thank you and welcome I think we just kind of jumped in there but <laughs> <laughs> but uh so our listening audience thank you so much for tuning in again uh to black Week on the Keys 107, and um, we're just so happy to have Williamson with us tonight and um, sharing her wonderful, you know, sharing of herself uh, yes. with us. And um, so if anybody has a question or maybe want to make a comment, you know, about um, the inner me or, or this topic tonight, um, please just uh, press, press the number one, or if you're online, uh, please uh, make note of the phone number. It's 213 Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. 
Yes. Okay, so if anyone would like to have a comment or has a question, I'll be available and uh, anxious to respond. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier, though, you said, uh, I guess you said when you wrote this, you were having, I guess, uh, problems with relationships at the time. That was correct when you said that? Well, at that time, you know, I was just going through a phase with my husband, you know, and um, and and quite often I go through those phases, to be quite honest. And, um, you know, at that particular time and occasion, I felt overwhelmed. And, again, rather than going to a friend or a neighbor or whomever, you know, I'm, I'm very cautious, especially after we have matured, we have to uh, be cautious of to whom we share our personal lifestyle and, and you know, relationship issues with because uh, we can really get some negative impacts from, you know, to whom we say things to. Right. Now, you're, you're still with your husband now, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically, <laughs> well, no, and that's, that's beautiful because, I mean, I've been married 31 years, and uh, I, can tell you, I can tell you that, yes, there are periods and times where you feel like, oh, my gosh, is this really for me or is this the right yeah. person? Or, and so, you know, like I said, by having that perseverance and, and, and going looking within and not just listening to those on the outside, oh, you should do this, you should, well, you go within, and usually those answers will come to you, the right answers. And um, I stuck it out, and, I, and I'm, I'm grateful for doing that so um i i just you know i just i asked you did when you went through those problems did you still find a way to you guys to hang in there and still keep it together oh yeah and you know what um having that gift of writing and expressing my emotions uh on paper um it truly is a blessing because you know one can again choose to smoke cigarettes or do so many other things. <laughs> right, right. In fact, I do have a poem in my book that's entitled Cigarettes, you know, from observing my husband smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and so um, I understand that stress level and when one seeks to do something to alleviate some of the stress yeah. or uh Or in pain. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so um, thank God, you know, and, and you know it, it's it, it's something that was orchestrated by God, uh, quite honestly. And it was not until uh, I think two and a half years ago, when I was laid off from my job, and in the medical field. And I'm like, you know what, God, for real, for real, <laughs> you know, I'm not used to being unemployed for more than a month, and here it is, many months later. So I had to uh, stop and and be still for a period of time and look within and see uh, and search to find out what are my gifts, what what can I really, uh, you know, uh, help people with that I have as a passion. And then I remembered uh, for 27 years I have been writing uh, poems as just a source of, um, you know, expressing my emotions you know, through relationships before I got married. And uh, I was going to school, as a matter of fact, in New York and uh, back in 79. And my, my teacher, I was uh, going through that teenage phase with my mother, as a matter of fact. And my teacher in my medical terminology class, she asked me why is it that I did not make, you know, 100% on my test as I normally would. And I said, well, 90 is not bad. So she kept you know, probing me to find out what's wrong. Right. 
So I said, you know, my mother's uh, really upset with me and this and that, you know, because we're never in that place where we need to be, uh, you know, mother, daughter, uh, mother, child, boy, child, whatever. And so anyhow, she said to me, well, why don't you tell your mother to get off your back? You know, and she's a Caucasian lady. And I said, I said, sure. And I said, my body will end up back in Trinidad in an unknown box because I said, you know, we just don't do that kind of stuff. So she said to me, well, I tell you what, Paula, she said, why don't you just go ahead on and write your mom a letter? I'm like, yes, I'll still end up in a box shipped back to Trinidad, you know. (laughs) because she will try to kill me. So then she said, okay, well, why don't you uh, write her a letter and you don't have to mail it to her. Just go ahead on and express everything you feel. So I challenged myself a couple weeks later, and I started writing, but I did not put to whom, because I was still in fear that my mother may end up getting this letter. So I ended up writing all of my feelings, and then miraculously, after I got through writing, I'm like, wow, this is therapeutic. I don't feel those anxieties anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so when I was recruited to work at Howard, I was the only one to graduate in my class. I was recruited to work at Howard, and then so when I started dating and these boyfriend relationships, and I'm like, oh, this is heartbreaking. Uh, So I had to find something to express those feelings and emotions because, you know, I never uh, did drugs and all those things. But I had to have an outlet, and I was very selective with friends, so I figured writing, you know, would be the best thing. And that's how I started writing. So anyhow, back to when I was laid off uh, over two years ago, God orchestrated and set me up (laughs) that I had no choice but to combine all of these years of poetry and, you know, to solidify everything And he even gave me that title, The Thorns and Petals of Life, because that night in my office I was doing some medical reports. And I'm like, you know, I feel like throwing in the towel. You know, I just feel like giving up kind of thing. And so I resorted to listening to some uh, inspirational music. And then all of a sudden I heard this phrase, The Thorns and Petals of Life. And so I called my my daughter, you know, her bedroom was close to my office. So 2 o'clock in the morning, I said, Jessie, come here. This is the title for my book. And she was so mad. And and as I thought about it, you know, the thorns and petals of life, and I said, wow. And I started weeping because I'm like, you know, with all of the poems that I've written over 27 years, I had no idea that I was being prepared for this book, The Thorns and Petals of Life. Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, everything that I've written about, it, it, it uh, encompassed everything. And so when I say The Thorns and Petals of Life, I mean it for real. Because all of those you know, crazy relationships that I had, you know, talking about variety and selectivity, I mean, you know... <laughs> I was being prepared for my husband, too. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And uh, so that even when things are rough, I'm like, okay, you know, 
Nothing is perfect. You know, I go to one end of the house, he stays to the other end. And so we know when to, um, you know, get that unit back at the right time. So anyhow, the book has taught me how to to be still, how to look within, as your um, guest has been saying and emphasizing, looking within, that is so crucial that we have a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of wisdom, a wealth of self, that if we tap into those things, you just never know what you will come up with. Amen. Yes. That's right. Well, I mean, uh, Paula, this is, um, you know, it's just it's so incredible, you know, when you, uh, you know, you have conversations with people, and, you know, and we've spoken before, yes. but when you really um, – kind of go in deep, <laughs> you know what I mean, and, and then scratch away at the surface, you know, it's just it's just, it's just, just um, amazing, you know, what, what comes out. And, and, you know, that's what we, one of the things that we are, will be accomplishing once we really get um, into the work of black reconstruction. You know, yeah. and again, it's it's not only reconstructing, and we need to, I mean, if you look outside and what's happening in our communities every day, you know, it will make you want to just, you know, <laughs> cry, you know what I yes, mean, and, and it yes. makes you just want, you know, and what do you do, you yes. know, and it and it's like, you know, sometimes it does seem like all is lost, you know, because, yes. and, and I've asked people from time to time, you know, well, what do you think, and how can we make this, you know, well, you know, it's, it's you know, you, you'll hear a lot of, I don't <laughs> see how it can happen, or I don't, you know, and I know it can happen, so, I, yes. you know, it's just right. kind of like, you know, but you let people go through their process, um, right. But it's going to, but it has to be a process. It has to be structured, and and like I said earlier, it has to start with self. So if, every, yes. if each one of us and everyone on this line, listening in, you know, just took that and said, okay, let me let me reflect on me, yeah, you know, and and what God has for me to do, yes. you know, and then we all work start working together. I mean, you know, it, it's just it's just no limit to what we can do, and you know, I I just look forward to seeing that happen. Yeah. So. Um, you know, um, the uh, the other thing um, I wanted to also highlight, you know, when we talk about self-love, sometimes we throw out this, these terms and just assume that everybody knows what, what we're talking about. You yeah. know what I mean? And just assume <laughs> that people really understand the definition. And so, um, because even, even for myself, I said, well, you know, let me just see what the dictionary says about self-love and what that, what that mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So what I found was um, the following. It says, uh, self-love is the instinct or the desire to promote one's own well-being, regard for or love of oneself. It's also the, in- the instinct or the tendency to seek one's own well-being or to further one's own interest, you know. And that says a lot because for yeah. the most part, that is not what we do. You yeah. know what I mean? And a lot of us, especially especially as women, as black women, we yeah. have to, because of the circumstances, we have to take care of children, you know, with single mothers. We're, mm-hmm. you know, helping our parents, our grandparents. Our, you know, we're doing so much. We neglect ourselves, yeah. you know, because we're taking care of everybody else. You know, but it's so important that we, and I'm speaking to myself as I'm saying this, you know what I mean, because it's, <laughs> just, you know, because it's not something that we practice naturally. Yes. Just because of the position that we've been put in, you know. Yes. This is not something that we do naturally and it's so, so, so important that 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 we do this consciously. You know. Um and that's what they say, you know, when you're on the airplane, right? Whether when you prepare something, you know, God forbid goes wrong, what do you do? You put your mask on first and then 
<laughs> you know, yes. you know, the person next to you. Because if you're not getting that air, if you're not able to breathe, how can you breathe life into somebody else? Yes, you know, exactly. in case somebody else needs CPR. Yes, it's not going to happen. So that's a great um, analogy. Yeah, yeah, it's real. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's real. So, um, you know, I uh, want to also, you know, again, just I, I want to engage people. You know, this is a very, very, very important topic. Um, so, and I, I'm not sure if, if you all even realize that my, my call dropped. I'm, I'm actually uh, not loving Sprint right now. We're on the subject of love. I'm not loving Sprint right now. My okay. service is terrible. <laughs> so the call dropped, you know, and so anyway. Um, but I just, I really want to encourage people to just, you know, press number one and just, you know, we want to hear from you. You know, we want, we want to hear from you. Yes. I just wanted to touch on the self-love part. Um, I really, you know, uh, when I was going through some really tough times in my life around back in the, uh, say, mid-'80s, um, I felt, you know, things was really bad. And it was a song that really gave me so much inspiration. I mean, really it did. And it was a song by Whitney Houston called The Greatest Love of All. Mm, and in yes. that song, it talks about you really loving yourself. And But what I found deeper than that is that when you do love yourself, yeah. One, you don't allow others to mistreat you. But yeah. second, yeah. you love others more. You're more tolerant yeah. because you realize we are all the same. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. see yourself deeply, you are just like everybody else, and they're just like you. They just don't know it yet, or they don't admit it yet. But that's right. when you start loving others because you know you're no better or no worse than any other human being. And we all need to love one another as ourselves and because yeah, we are right. all from that one source. And that's the part that's so, so beautiful. But the self-love is the same love. You can love yourself. You can love other human beings because then you'll know that you guys are the same. You can't that's look right. at yourself separate from the rest of humanity and say, oh, I just love me. But when you love you, really love you, you love everybody else as well. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the beauty, I think, of finding that true self-love. Yes, that's right. That's right. You know, and, you know, it's, um, as I was, you know, doing some more research, um, you know, on the on the topic, and, it, you know, I came up and I was you know, looking into that, that African proverb that I quoted earlier about educating, um, you know, the educated man, the individual, and the woman, you know, the nation. And so uh, there was um, more of an explanation. Actually, I'll just go, um, go into it uh, quickly um, about what that what that actually means. So just going back to the defining things, Um it says uh, this well-known saying is attributed to the uh, it was a, a scholar from Ghana named Dr. James uh, Emmanuel, and uh, uh, he was born actually in 1875, and uh, he was one of the this century's greatest educators. Um, he probably used this uh, proverb to it says he probably used this proverb to convince African parents who were more willing to allow their male children to attend missionary schools than their daughters. Like many sayings, this one makes it uh, makes point by unqualified exaggeration to capture our attention. The message here is that once we know the value of education for men in society, we should we should allow women to have equal access to it. Education is used here to mean knowing through formal or informal means what is right for the spirit, mind, and body and acting upon this knowledge. You know, it, it's very interesting because as I'm, I'm reading it, I'm just thinking about um, what what's happening right now in America and 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 uh, what the president said in the State of the Union about you know um, calling for equal pay for women. I'm like at, in, in 2013 we're still having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's but you like know, LeSean, beyond me. This, yes. this, that's that's the society we in. If you understand this society, you got to remember women. This is how Westerners cherish their women. Mm-hmm. But African American men were allowed to vote in this country before. White women. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So that tells you a lot about how they look at their women. And this is things we've picked up some of those things, and we've lost our true connection to what we know that we used to know as far as the proper way for a man to treat a woman and for a proper way for a woman to treat a man and the proper way for a family to, to, to grow. So, um, yeah, we taught these crazy things of, of women low and they sub, they're subservient and, and, and man is the king and all this. So that gives these men these different uh, false perceptions of women when it's really the total opposite of mm-hmm. that. And it's really, I mean, not the opposite, but it's that we are equal, you know, men and women. We are together, make the whole. And that's the part that needs to be understood. Not one is more powerful or better than the other. The two make the whole. And, yeah, and, and that, everyone that, has their place. That's right. Yes, Absolutely. Exactly. Everyone has, exactly. And, you know, when you spoke a little earlier about um, the uh, uh, Ethiopian society, you know, and how the woman w- ruled the house and, the, you know, the woman was the ruler and the man was the fence, like he's the, the protector. Right, Well, right. when you look at the animal kingdom, look at that's how lions operate, you know. Yes. <laughs> right? It's the yes. same kind yes. of concept. You know, and it the was man funny is because a, he's, a, he's a loner, actually. He, he stays, uh, you know. All he does is protect them. The woman goes and hunts. She comes back, brings food. Only thing is, with that, the male lion does eat before the rest. That's the same thing. That is true. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> but because he feels he needs to be strong to protect them, he has to eat first, and then the babies, and then the mothers eat last. That is the order of who's getting fed once they capture food. But that's the beauty of they have an order to it. You understand? They have an order. That allows their survival, right, 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 and they right. follow it, yes. Right, and, and that's key what you just said. They have an order. Order for their survival, right. you see. Yeah. So, in order for us, you know, for our, because right now we're we're not even surviving. You know, we're barely surviving right. as a community. So, and it's not enough that some people are doing well and some, you know, middle class and all sorts of stuff. It's that's not good enough. We should no. not have anybody, and I, and this is just for the, the human family. I mean, you know, we, we're talking about black reconstruction, you know, because we are. Um, you know, uh, having uh, we struggle, you know, more than you know, um, you know, all other races, you know, uh, especially in America. But you know, it's just. Before we, before we, I know we 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 gotta have get out. Let our guest do her next poem. But before that, can I just yes. make this last statement about women in our ancient history? And this is a very yes. powerful statement, just to go show. It says that the royal authority and supreme direction of affairs, you know, within was well, throughout Egyptian history, it was the princess who transmitted the solar blood, that she was the legal heir to the throne, and that the man she chose to marry would become the ruling king. So she was responsible for the purity of the line of the dynasty. Basically, the woman's womb is a holy place, and this is where the next one comes through. It's like how we are in the Western, it's more of the male. We take on the male as the next heir to the throne as, or the next heir to take over to the family. But in ancient, it was the woman because of her preciousness of what she brought to the world. So just in so many things, if we go back and look at our history, we will see the power of the woman and start realizing her beauty and have much more respect for her. And I think we can be better men at that if once we learn the truth. Because operating on Western philosophy, um, we won't see this beauty and understanding because they don't they don't see it like we do. Mm-hmm. But I would love to hear that next poem though, because uh, this one was <laughs> exciting. Look how he got us going already. <laughs> <laughs> so the next poem uh, is "I See My Child," right, Paul? Yes. Is that the Okay. Yes. Now, uh, when I wrote this particular one, I had. Um, an office manager who was also a friend of mine, and she was pretty humble, like myself, and uh, when she would go through things, 
she would not have to say a word, and I can tap into her sensitivity and her vulnerability, and yet we had that connection. So it was based on, you know, those feelings that I was picking up from her that I went ahead on and wrote this uh, particular poem. And it's entitled, as LaShawn said, I See My Child. When God created us, he had a vision of how he would like us to be. For example, looking at a cake mix box. It was already predetermined how the cake should look by the picture on that box. That's us. That is our destiny. When making a cake, we prepare the cake mix by beating and mixing it up with the outlined instructions on the box. When we have completed following the instructions, we place the coated cake pan with batter into the oven. The temperature in the preheated oven is usually 350 degrees. We would then anticipate its completion. The results, we hope, would be closest to the picture on that cake box. <laughs> we go through life with many ups and downs, but God already has his picture of how he would like us to turn out. As we travel through this journey of life, we are oftentimes mixed up and beaten up with good times and bad times. But while in the process of living, only his grace and mercy that could have brought us thus far. When we taste the ingredients of our internal package, it is not always as sweet as we expected. Yet, we must remember that God made us in his own image. We have to be placed in the fire sometimes because we have to be transformed. We must also remember that Jesus was crucified on the cross, died, buried, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. He paid the ultimate price, for we are his prize. It is only those who can go through the fire and know that we can ascend even when the temperature gauge is turned up to the highest level. Can we stand? My brothers and sisters, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Sometimes it gets hard to be encouraged, and we wonder if God's clock works in sync with ours. His masterpiece of each of us, even dressed in our worst garment, defines his grace and mercy. There's a picture in God's eyes before the bacon is completed of how we should be. Let us continue to know that even when we feel like we are in 350-degree situations, that the finished product will be pleasing in his eyes. I would like God to have a smile on his face when he takes me out of one situation after the other. I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful child. You had faith in me to know that I know when the time comes to take you out of the fire. You know that I know what's best for you, even though your faith is the size of a mustard seed. You know that I always have you on my mind. I continue testing the temperature gauge and testing your image for perfection. I even saw you when you rose twice the size that I originally placed you in that fire. Behold, my child, and I'll see your beauty of endurance and your faith. I decorate you with my Holy Ghost frosting of satisfaction, and I sprinkle you with eternal life. 
just look in the mirror and see how much you look like me, like the picture of you, like the finished cake on that cake mix box. Examine your contents and strive to be pleasing in my eyes. Read and follow my instructions that I have for your life in the Holy Bible. I see your beauty. I see my child. You keep the faith, and I will do the rest. That's I see my child. Beautiful. Thank you. That is beautiful. Very beautiful. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, that's another hour show, really. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's just so, oh, I mean... I mean, no, the power of that poem to me was the fact that 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 there is a instructions for us yes, in yes, order to meet yes. what we're supposed to look like, and that yes. is so true. We are yes. going out and we get all of these books and this report and this guy. Who are these people that are producing these things? Why don't you go to the source? You know, I mean, really, you're running around, you're getting a book on love. Well, that yes. person probably had all these love problems. He's only giving you his perspective. Yes. You have yes. to go to the Noah of all things, and this is where you have to go. And so, yes, and it's about us being transformed. We come in yes. this state of mind, but we have the power and ability, if we follow these instructions, to be yes. transformed yes. into the beauty that we're supposed to. So, great poem, great Thank yes, you, thank you. So, so many. They're very powerful, very powerful, you know. And, you know, and again, you know, it, it, it's just about knowing, you know, and the importance of knowing yourself and knowing that yes. you were created and why you were created, knowing yes. your purpose, yes. you know. And there's so, and when I think about it, um, the the thought that was that was constantly going through my mind as you were speaking is our young people, our yes. youth. And how angry they are because they yes. don't know. Yes. They don't know. They don't have a. They, you know, a, a majority of them. I'm not gonna say all, oh, but a majority of them don't have a clue about who they really are and yes. why they're here. So yes. they're, you know, they're out here, you know, just, you know, scrambling and trying to figure it out. And that's why they're so angry because it's not right. Something's wrong with so. When something's wrong within your spirit, yes. you know, you're gonna act out. Yes, and can I say something uh, about that comment, LaShawn? Mm-hmm. You know, in my second book, as a matter of fact, I, I wrote a poem that is called um, Say You Love Me. Mm. And, you know, when writing that poem, as, as, as we start out as babes, you know, uh, suckling on our mother's breasts and et cetera, et cetera, you know, being mm-hmm. nurtured and, and brought up and, and, and hopefully um, – with a, a mother and father in the household, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of times, in my opinion, when we see kids who have, you know, the tattoos and the, uh, you know, all types of body parts, you know, indecent exposure and all these things, they, there's a part of them that is saying, tell me you love me, you mm-hmm. know. And, and so just like Jesus Christ, you know, our creator, he wants us to say, I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. And so tell me you love me can can be the remedy or, or whatever it is that so much of us we're lacking. And, and, you know, every day we're just seeking that. It's a big void that if we're not uh, embarrassed, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we would admit it. You know, tell me you love me. We want to hear from our spouses. Tell me you love me, you know. And that can cushion a lot of the pain sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and cushion a lot of 
the insecurities that we yes. have to um I have a poem in my book that's called Decorated Pain because we put on the masquerade, we put on the makeup, uh, we put on all types of disguises, but internally, you know, we're bleeding, we're hurting, and yet we put on these Band-Aids, you know, this superficial uh, make it feel good on the outside. But we just want to be told, I love you, so tell me you love me. Um, so that's going to be in my next book, LaShawn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So everyone heard that the forthcoming book. <laughs> yes, <laughs> from yes. Ms., uh yes, Paula Glaude. Is it Glaude or Glad Williamson? How, yes. how do you pronounce your Glaude. Is it Glaude? Glaude. Yes, okay. That's my maiden name. Yes, yes. So we we look forward to that um upcoming book and, and you know and and we'll have you come back and, and share, you know, because I I love the fact that you just happened to be it worked out really well that today happens to be the day that, you know, a lot of people celebrate, you know, love. Yes. Um you know, which, you know, something that we should do, you know, and that, you know, I try to do every day um, and not just, you know, Valentine's Day. But, you know, um, I, I, I think it's, you know, it is it is something that, and, and, and I don't want to just kind of take my, what I think and say, oh, no one should celebrate Valentine's Day. You know, that's not it. But I, I, what I do think is important, though, is that people should not just follow what, the masses are doing without really knowing its history, right. and so yeah. I would just put that out there and just, you know, everyone's on online and on the internet. Just Google it. What's the origin of Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I'll just I'll just leave it at that. But um, yeah. I thank you so much for for coming on and and sharing, you know, um, just so much of you and 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 yourself and your wonderful words and you know it's just very inspiring, you know. Um, and uh, you know we we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah we have yeah. a lot of work to do. You know, there was um, one of the um, things that I found, you know, what Malik and I try to do uh, a lot is refer or reference um, books because there's a lot of information uh, and research and, and work that people have done, and, and it's in, this, in, in these books, and there's these, they're, they're treasures. And no one really, you know, and these, some of the answers, you know, that we seek might be in there. So how do you take these answers and apply them, you know, so that, yes. you know, at, you know, we can, you know, start the healing process. And so one of the books that I came across um, is called Rock My Soul by Bell Hooks, and um, it's about black people and self-esteem or lack thereof. And uh, uh-huh. so one of the things that she says in the book is, you know, without self-esteem, everyone loses his or her sense of meaning, their purpose, and their power. Yes. So, yes. you know, it's so important. We got we, we got we to gotta lift each other up. Yeah. We have to lift each other up. And, you know, for those children who, for whatever reason, I mean, this we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of years of, you know, after post-slavery, that, that, that uh, tumultuous, you know, Holocaust that happened. You know what I mean? That was tremendous. That, that just wreaked such havoc on, on, our, on our whole family. You yeah. know, and we still... And, you know, it was funny. I was listening to Open Line a couple of weeks ago, and you know, they were debating whether or not you know uh, slavery should still be used, you know, as 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 a uh, as an issue. And you know, Bob Slade actually didn't agree. You know, he's like, "Oh, people got to pull themselves out, out, you know, from the you know from the bootstraps and get it together." But there's still, you know, the remnants of, and you know, his, yes. his co-host, you know, didn't agree with him. You know, and you know, it's like, listen, no, there are serious psychological effects that yeah. us, that we still you know, a feeling. So because of that, you know, there are a lot of broken homes and, and whatnot. So I, with that, those of us who 
want to see and 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 have it you know with the within ourselves to kind of get the work started you know before everybody else jumps on the bandwagon. If you see a child, you know, help that child. You know, that's where the village comes in. Yeah. You know, so it, everybody's not going to have a two-parent household. You right. Know? Exactly. Everybody's, you know, but we have, but we do have. What we do have is a community. Right. You know. So uh, with that being said, I'm I um, am going to ask again if uh, anyone wants to uh, chime in. You know, add a comment. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please uh, press number one. Um, if you'd like to add to the to the dialogue this evening, and for those who are listening online, uh, the phone number to call in is two one three nine four three three six one eight. Okay, so, can yeah. I give my number just in case anyone yes. will be interested in? And your website, and your website, please. Okay. Yes, thank you. Yes. Okay. So again, it's Paula Williamson. My telephone number is three zero one six nine three five six one two. Again, 301-693-5612. And my book can be purchased online, Amazon.com, Exlibris.com, or BarnesandNobles.com. And um, LaShawn and your guests, I am so grateful for this platform, and I just want to give a shout-out to our friend and associate, um, you know, Sherman Clendon. And, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Sherman, Sherman, yes. Yes, yes. So uh, I, I greatly appreciate this opportunity. Yes, yes, I, I, yes, I think Sherman, uh, hopefully he's listening in, and, uh, you know, for, for connecting us. And, yes. um you know, and and so and and actually, it was funny because when he when he called me, the thing was like two days ago or something like that, and I said, "Yeah, it would be great." Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, this this is perfect. So, uh, Malik, do you have any? Uh, we're going to be closing out. Yeah, I want to first of all uh, thank uh, Miss Williamson um, yeah. for coming on because what we do on this show is we always try to bring something to the table that our listeners can use and utilize, yeah. and you have done that today. You have done that in a lot of ways to have people open their minds and think, start thinking a little more spiritually, and you also gave a lot of impact on your life of how, you know, certain negative situations actually you turned them around into positive yeah. things, and that, that gives other people hope as well. Yeah. So I think you was a very positive guest, and you've done exactly what we try to do every week on this show is bring a little bit of something extra, whether it's on economics, spiritual, family, you know, whatever it is, we want to bring something that can help each and one of us start trying to be the type of people we can. And the main thing we want is unity. And um, But that's going to take some time. But like I said, every guest that comes on that brings something to the table, I'm sure our listeners are getting something from it. So I do thank you so much for coming. And when you get that next book, you let yeah. us know, and we'll be ready for that as well. Thank, thank you. you God bless you all. That's right. That's right. Okay, you have a good evening. And, oh, thank you. Brother, Brother James, do we have someone on the line? Yes, ma'am, we do have a caller on the line. Um, Brother Henry, your mic is live. Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, peace, family. Peace, Brother Henry. Hello, uh, this is my husband, everyone. <laughs> how you doing? All right, all right. Hi. Um, uh, first of all, how you doing, sweetheart? It's good to hear the show once and, once again. And I'm thankful for you and Malik and our guest, um, uh, Sister Williamson, uh, for sharing what she has been sharing. What I find is that um, in her poems, you know, as she had said, I believe she intimated it as well. She found a um, somewhat of an outlet, yes. you know, to kind of bring balance to herself yes. and God and God being at the center of that. Yeah. But taking in consideration, there are many of our of us who um, 
don't know how to love ourselves. Yes. You know, we we were, you know, the foundation of us being brought over here, and Brother Malik was mentioning some things about Egypt, but the foundation of us being brought over here, the intention of those who enslaved us wasn't for us to love ourselves. Right. So, yes. you know, we've gone so many centuries with being taught how to hate ourselves and being yes. treated as animals. Yes. And to this very day, just as, as uh, my wife was mentioning, you know, they're trying to uh, come up with, uh, decent pay for women. So it's showing you it's not too much has changed where that is concerned. My question is, um, since we were taught to hate ourselves and our people are suffering from a lack of knowledge, how, what, what other avenue would be given to our youth to even learn how to start loving themselves? You know, that was a question. And then I had one comment. And when Brother Malik, when he was mentioning about the uh, ancient uh civilization of Kemet and all that was going on with women, you know, remember to let the people know that was a free society. We didn't have no enemies among us. True, true. That's so true. now true. we're in a society where the enemy has has actually put the man down, the king down, yes. and raised our women up as queens, but according to his desire. So it's like a chessboard where the queen is able to move wherever she want to move, but the man has to stay in a fixed position. So we're at war, and it's hard to be able to move in, as a society as we were in our ancient days until we actually come into our genesis and reconstruction, reconstruct and get our freedom. So my question is about really how would we, what other avenue would we give to our youth to um, be able to learn how to love themselves? I thank you. I'm going to jump off now. Well, that was a great question that you leave that's a, tough a, a minute before. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, that's a very important question. Malik, you want to uh, tackle that? Uh, my only opinion on that would be that um, I, I, I look at it from a, from the youth perspective. I know it's much more difficult to teach older people, you know, the old saying, you know, they set in their ways, they have their own certain baggage that they carry. Um, the babies don't. And so I just felt that um, if we can find a way to – to, to begin um, enlightening and educating our young babies into the real world and the way things are and its history and all of that, I think they grow up with a different outlook about themselves. Because I just put that in a little example. Like if you had a dad and you're in the community and your dad's an alcoholic and he's always drunk and falling on the street, you see him, you don't want to connect to him. You don't want to say, yeah, that's my daddy. You try to run away and act like you didn't see him because you're embarrassed. And so when black Africans don't know their real history and they think of it as some, you know, uh, primitive type of place, then they think that, well, I don't want to be a part of that. And they look at the white man and like that he got all this culture and this, this and that. And he thinks, well, that's the true thing. Well, then he doesn't never want to kind of connect to what he was because he feels that's something that, that's, that's appalling to him. So my only thing is that how do we change this thought process? Well, the older ones is so difficult. I just My opinion would be focus on our young ones, find ways to give them what they need. Even if we ain't going to get it ourselves, let's give it to them, and hopefully they, they usher in a, 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 a new realm of, of, of young black men and women um, being achievers and, and knowing who they are and doing what they need to, need to do to, to, to help support and carry its people, especially within America. Paula, so would you like to add to, uh, to that? Well, I, I would agree with everything he said, and um, I, I think, too, that if we can um, just get away from the selfishness as far as relationships are concerned, and in this society, everyone is so quick to say, you know, I, I can't stand her, I can't stand him, let's get a divorce, I, you know, i, I got to move on. They don't think about the the impact 
that is being left on the children who are the future of tomorrow. So if, if we can stop being so selfish and be a lot more selfless and think beyond just, you know, my body, let me think about this child or these children, I think we can get a lot further so that they can, you know, impact the world in a much powerful way. Yes, absolutely. And just to add to that um, before we close, you know, one of the ancient practices um, uh, that we as a people um, uh, embarked on was the science of mating. And if we kind of went back and understood the science of mating, we would make better choices. And if we made better choices, then what we see, you know, happening with these broken relationships and, and, you know, uh, uh, broken families I'm not saying they wouldn't they wouldn't exist, but they would be far less yes. than what we see now. Yeah. So you know, um, you know, I would just you know uh, encourage everyone to you know uh, because you know again this information is available. You know what I mean? That people write books about these things all the time. So just take a look at that. You know, the science of mating and, and really understanding how we should be connecting with one another. You know, you you you'd be um, amazed. You'd be amazed. So with that being said. Um, Thank you again so much. Uh, uh, Henry, I'm not sure if you still mind, love. Thank you so much for calling in with that wonderful comment and question. Yeah. Um, brother Malik, as always, yeah. my brother, thank yes, you. My sister, yes, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. And, I love it every week. And, uh, I look forward like to, to this uh, every week to get on with you and, and do what we do. If we could do it five days a week, I would. Unfortunately, oh, we can't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> look, look. Henry, you hear that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yes, so, and I'd like to thank our producers, Brother James, Muhammad, Sister Rafika. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, so, everyone, have a wonderful evening. Uh, in, in whatever way you choose to celebrate, enjoy. Have a good evening. Okay. God bless. God bless. The key, unlocking the doors to unlimited possibilities. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.